Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This nuclear revenge story involves some of the most brutal payback I personally have ever seen. If you're a little bit squeamish, perhaps this is not the story for you. But without further ado, let's get into it. Never mess with my family. My dad told me this story today over lunch and it seemed completely appropriate with this subreddit. There are two things to know before I tell this story. These events took place in the 1970s in a third world country where justice is obtained with one's own hand and family, for better or worse, is unconditional. My maternal family on my grandmother's side is known in her town for having outbursts of anger, the kind that blurs vision and turns everything red and a strong temper. No one in my family embodied these qualities more infamously than my great-grandmother, Mama Delia. Mama Delia was an implacable woman, violent with her words and her fists as well. With Mama Delia, my grandmother, her siblings, and later my father's generation making a mistake, no matter how small, was a death sentence. Mama Delia was married to my great-grandfather, a magistrate of the Supreme Court of Justice of my country, and according to my father, a good man and highly respected by all. But the moment that he walked through the door of the house, his authority ended and my great-grandmother's tyrannical rule began. Nothing was done or undone without her will, and as you can imagine, my grandmother and her siblings resented her greatly. Mama Delia has been dead for 40 years now, but stories of her are still told at all family gatherings. They also say that everyone in my family, my grandmother, who if you knew her, you would say I'm lying, she is a sweetheart, and her children inherited her choleric gene that comes out from time to time in an explosive and memorable way. My great-grandparents had four sons, but only one is relevant in this story. Jose, not his real name. Now, Jose was the second and most rebellious of them all. The one who could not stand Mama Delia's mistreatment, and he let her know it all the time. He was the only one who stood up to her, and consequently the one who suffered the most. It was when Jose turned 15 that he decided never again to let himself be mistreated or abused by her. And of course, Mama Delia had something to say about it. I don't know exactly the details, but something my uncle did upset her deeply. Years before, Mama Delia would have responded with leashes and screaming. But since my uncle was already 15, he was taller and stronger than his mother. So she had to resort to an alternative tactic. She decided to call a policeman to the house. And what was her instructions to the policeman? To give my uncle the beating of his life. That was the last day my great uncle lived at his parents' house. But where I come from, family is the most important thing. Impossible to escape. Four years later, my great-grandparents had moved to their new house in another part of town. Next to them lived the Cordobas. The parents were normal people, but their son, Reuben, was another story. Reuben was about 25 years old. He didn't study, nor did he work, or help with household chores. I don't know this for a fact, but I can imagine it. 
Ruben spent all his time and energy on just two things. Growing his muscle mass until he looked like an Andean Arnold Schwarzenegger and insulting my grandparents every time he saw them walking down the streets. My dad couldn't tell me why. Maybe Ruben was just like that. Or maybe Mamadelia said or did something to him at some point. I wouldn't be surprised either. What he did tell me was that Ruben's aggressiveness towards my great-grandparents was so extreme that he wouldn't even let them walk on his side of the sidewalk, claiming that it was his. My great-grandparents never did anything about it. My great-grandfather had his first child at 46 and my grandmother at 36, so they were already old by then. And for some mysterious reason, they never told anyone what was going on with Ruben either. This is where Jose comes in again. His relationship with his mother was strained and conflicted, which didn't stop him from visiting them every so often to see his father and his three siblings. That day, my great-grandparents were returning home, and of course, Ruben's shouts, insults, and obscene rudeness were there to accompany them as they opened the door to their house. What he didn't count on was that Jose was arriving at the same moment and heard everything. The world went first black and then red. Like a worthy son of Mamadelia, Jose exploded. He lunged at Ruben three times, all three times with a blow to the face. Ruben knocked him effortlessly to the ground. Faced with such a beast, anyone else would have abandoned the fight, but Jose did not. He was used to the pain, the blood and the bruises that remained weeks later. Jose had lost his fear of confrontation years ago. Jose stood up one last time under Ruben's insults and taunts and charged him. I don't know how he did it. Perhaps Ruben had let his guard down but he managed to land a kick on his opponent's shin. Ruben did not fall to the ground completely, but he was destabilized. Ruben didn't know it, but at this point, he'd already lost. My great uncle climbed on his back as if riding a mad bull at a fair, grabbed him by the head and slammed him repeatedly against the pavement. The smashed face, the teeth scattered on the ground and the torrent of blood were not enough for Jose. What he did next was to grab Ruben by the hair and drag him up and down the street twice until my older great-uncle stopped him. The story ends with Ruben in the hospital, his face unrecognizable and deformed, and my uncle disappearing for a week to avoid any kind of retaliation. Never again did my great-grandparents have problems with Ruben, although Jose's relationship with Mamadelia never improved despite what happened. Wow, there we go. I don't even know, to be honest, guys, what to even make of that. I definitely do not think that what Ruben did warranted this level of revenge. Just because you come from a family of seemingly psychos, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Mama Delia seems crazy. Jose seems even crazier. Doesn't mean that someone just being rude to your parents or your grandparents means you then curb stomp them and almost kill them. Seems a little bit severe to me let me know in the comments if you think i'm wrong on this one but yeah it's definitely nuclear i'm just not sure if it's revenge because why why did you need to do this i thought throughout the whole thing to be honest that the revenge was going to be towards mama delia not some random guy that really wasn't involved in this story at all but there we go that definitely surprised me if anything the more i think about it it's more just this whole family is kind of messed up don't want to be rude but I've seen this less as a typical nuclear revenge story and more, oh my god, this family has a series of really serious issues um, and probably needs to be put in prison. What is going on? I mean, I'm not really surprised. If you're brought up with Mama Delia at the head of your, your family, you're going to be living with some trauma and that is obviously going to affect you. I mean, look at Jose now. 
I can't say I'm shocked by his reaction there. Wow. Again, comment down below. Do you think I'm kind of being too lenient there or do you agree with me? Weird one to start, but let's carry on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lawyer's pro-revenge on his boss. This opinion is trash, my boss told me. He'd been a lawyer for three years and the firm assigned me to him for training to show me, junior counsel, how to be a litigator. I disliked my boss for a number of reasons. He knew no law and he expressed himself badly in writing. For a litigator, that's like strike one and two right there. And strike three was this. He had no balls. He was actually scared of going to court. I noticed this when he took me to assignment court one day. And when it was his turn to speak, his hands were shaking. He was scared in freaking assignment court where all you do is set a trial date. What's wrong with what I wrote? I said. Not what I asked for, he said, turning away. But when I checked the memo he'd emailed me two weeks earlier, I saw that the opinion I wrote was exactly what he asked for. I knew what was up. He was going to delete my dockets for writing the memo and then claim he did it himself, thus leaving me quite a bit short of my docketing quota for the month. I knew that he'd do this to me, because he'd done this before. I knew that my memo would wind up on a partner's desk without my name on it. I knew that for a fact because the firm I worked at was one of the first in the city to have a really good internal network. We were using email for internal communications before the internet became a thing. So the firm was way ahead in terms of technology, but not in terms of security. And not long after I joined the firm, I learned how to surf away on the firm's hard drive and find interesting things like evidence that my boss was plagiarizing my work. My boss was the very model of the young downtown lawyer. His perfect shoes always gleamed. He wore bespoke suits because he came from money. Everyone just took it for granted that he was on the partner track. I, on the other hand, was well on my way to nowhere special, so maybe he thought it was okay to screw with me. If so, that was a big mistake on his part. I didn't like having my billable hours screwed with. I seriously resented it because I was already being targeted as one of the juniors who doesn't docker as much as he should and I was getting pushback from the partner who headed our team. I told the partner what was going on, but he didn't care. It was like being back in middle school and showing up in the office with bruises on my face and the principal saying, boys will be boys and sending me on my way. You'll just have to work harder or smarter, the partner said when I reported the latest BS thing my boss did to me. I couldn't work harder. I was doing the usual six days a week lawyers downtown are forced to do, but I could work smarter. And that night, I thought up a plan. Christmas was coming and I thought I'd give my boss a little present. It landed on his desk on December 24th in the form of a memo purporting to be from the partner that my boss reported to. The partner was an old guy and not really on board with emails and computers, so he did everything old school on paper. So when my boss came in on December 24th and saw a memo on his desk from the partner with a legal research assignment, 
that wasn't unusual. The memo was drafted in the usual form that the partner used, because of course I'd taken great pains to make sure that it looked authentic. My boss walked over to the little cubicles where the juniors worked and gave me the same memo, except his secretary had retyped it. So now the assignment was from him to me instead of from the partner to my boss. The assignment was difficult, requiring me to do a deep dive into admiralty law, its relationship to the common law combined with a constitutional division of powers question. But this is a huge assignment, I whined, and I'm gonna be away. Can't you get someone else to do it? Is it really urgent? The memo I'd forged to my boss stressed how totally urgent the situation was, but there was no way my boss could double check with the partner because the partner left the day before on vacation. That is why I'd waited until December 24th. No can do, my boss said. This is a big deal. Just let HR know. Maybe they'll give you time and half or something. He turned his back and walked away, thinking he'd ruined my holidays. But he was mistaken. You see, I'd written a paper for a third year course that was basically the same thing as the research assignment in the memo. So the only work I had to do was to find the old floppy disk with the draft on it, fiddle with it a bit, and voila, a very detailed and very long memo on an obscure point of admiralty law with references starting back to Lord Coke's day. So I put the memo together and took my holidays as planned. I wasn't traveling anywhere because I had no money, but I saw my family and stayed in town and I made a point of dropping by the office during the holidays. I sent an email or two establishing that I was around and I docketed all my time for the huge amount of research I was allegedly doing. So the holidays end and I'm sitting in my trashy little cubicle with a huge stack of work to do and my boss comes up to me in one of his bespoke suits with a gold tie pin and cufflinks to match. He was wearing a gold watch too. He was dressed up, even for him, trying to make an impression of some kind. Where's that memo? You were supposed to have it on my desk when I got back. I'm going into a meeting at noon. I just finished it this morning, I said, handing him the lengthy memo that was still warm from the printer. My boss took the memo in his hands and felt its heft and he smiled. Then he turned and walked away without a word. Just before lunch, I heard a commotion down the hall. It was a pretty loud commotion, as such things go. A loud F and then a door was flung open. It was the partner and he was screaming for my boss to get his butt into his office now, right now, as in immediately. I had the pleasure of watching my boss scramble down the hall. Just what the freaking frick is this? The partner said, standing in the doorway to his office and holding my handiwork at arm's length with his thumb and index finger as if he were afraid that handling it would soil him. My boss mumbled something and then the partner ushered him inside. I heard more shouting, then the sound of muffled excuses, and then more shouting from the partner. Then the door flung open again. Opie, get your butt in here too, the partner said, and I got my butt in there pronto. Did you write this freaking memo, the partner said. I took it from him and looked it over. I wrote it. The cover page has been changed to remove my name, but other than that, it's mine. I spent all Christmas on it, Is there something wrong with it? The partner exploded. Is there something wrong with it? Something wrong? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's freaking useless. Totally useless. I explained that I'd followed my boss's instructions to the letter and that I'd docketed more than 100 hours on it. At this, the partner really went nuts and told me to go back to my desk and fetch him the memo from my boss. 
I brought it to him and when he read it his face went red He told me I could leave and I hauled butt out of there From my little cubicle. I wasn't close enough to hear the full chewing out my boss got But I heard the details through the grapevine over the next few days about how the partners were seriously angry That my boss had wasted over a hundred hours of a junior's time on a useless task That was obviously a prank and how had my boss not realized that he was being pranked? Was he an idiot? I wasn't blamed at all. Of course I've been working under my boss's close supervision. My boss didn't get fired But there were some good outcomes for me for one thing the partner told me to send him a copy of any memos I wrote for my boss and that ended him taking credit for my work My boss also stopped deleting my dockets for my research Plus I got a belated christmas bonus for having to give up on my alleged vacation to write the stupid memo I really hated working in that place, but whenever times were tough I'd think back to the case of the forged memo and that always brought a smile to my face. Okay, there we go That is more like it some more normal revenge now Obviously that story was from r slash pro revenge not from nuclear revenge But nonetheless that was a more your, your typical sort of revenge to be honest I think what happened there was very warranted good justice Fantastic revenge very well worked and congratulations to op for for doing something really really simple that had an amazing effect Well done again. Just thinking back to the first story very different this time But uh, there we go If there's one thing I learned from this is that lawyers prank each other by leaving forged to-do lists on each other's desks I mean come on like the fact of the matter is that, that the partner has said oh come on It was so obvious you were being pranked therefore Maybe this sort of thing has happened before for him to say that right if you get what i'm saying I don't know. I feel like in an in a law firm that the levels of Pranks and jokes and just intellect is at such a high kind of you know mark that who knows what would go on if I walked in there I don't know what would happen to me. I would be chewed up spat out and probably bent over Um, I don't know if I can say that but it's staying in hope you enjoyed anyway guys that is gonna do it for this one I uh, hope you enjoyed it couple of weird stories in there not gonna lie but uh those are the most recent from the revenge subreddits and you guys want me to cover the most recent stories so there you go hope you enjoyed let me know your thoughts on, on both of those stories but most importantly the first one by commenting down below on whatever platform you're on wow that was crazy why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.